welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and TGIF because we are talking about all things Friday today. And what better day to release this episode than on Friday? I... I had intentions of releasing the episode on Tuesday as I normally do, but uh, with Memorial Day and like, you know, the whole three day weekend and just hanging out with friends and family, I blinked and it was like Monday night and I was like, oh yeah, tomorrow's Tuesday. And then the whole week just got away from me and here we are. But you know, better late than never and uh, appropriately so on this beautiful Friday. Um, what do I have for you? Um, I have a bit of Ina news actually for you all this week. So Keon made me privy to this this morning, this news. Um, and maybe some of you already know, but I think he saw it on Good Morning America. But Ina Garden has made the inaugural list of Forbes 50 over 50, which is so cool. I mean, there's this whole segment that I watched. I don't think it was Good, Good Morning America, but it's basically... Uh, her like she joins the ranks of like Shonda Rhimes and Kamala Harris and many other like amazing women who have achieved significant uh, success later in life often by overcoming formidable odds or barriers that was in the article that I just read (laughs) Um, and there hasn't been any sort of social media announcement like an official announcement on Ida Garten's at least her Instagram Um, I checked her Instagram account just before recording, and all I saw was a picture of a rose covered in rain with the caption, raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. So no word from Camp Ina yet, uh, but Jennifer Garner did like that picture of the rose. Um, (laughs) So that's the news for now. Um, I think also, because I'm thinking, uh, you know, like Tuesdays always sneak up on me and I really do feel like I might start releasing episodes on Thursdays. It gives me more time to sort of get into my week, especially if it is like a long weekend, um, like Memorial Day weekend this past week. It's not that I forgot about it, but it was just like, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And then it just didn't happen. So Thursdays gives me a little bit more of an option or an opportunity to like catch up on things, ease into the week, and then maybe record on Wednesday. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with it. I feel good about it. Uh, and I hope all you do as well. Um, this is all to say, I think it's high time to kick our feet up take in this lovely Friday and get into this episode, shall we? Uh, And again, this episode is season five, episode four, and it's called Friday Night Dinner. So Ina begins. Well, first she hangs up her coat on the coat rack in the hallway. (laughs) And then she says, every Friday night, my husband Jeffrey drives three and a half hours to come home for the weekend, and I always make him a roast chicken. I'm going to surprise him tonight with a traditional Jewish dinner. It's really easy and makes the house... Oh, no. It's really easy and the house is going to smell just wonderful. That was hard for me to get out. So here's my plan. I'll make my traditional chopped liver appetizer, but my way, cooked with a little Madeira wine and a brisket pot roast simmered in tomato sauce piled high with carrots and onions. I'm going to quickly saute spinach with lots of garlic and then melt-in-your-mouth rugula cookies with cinnamon sugar, apricot jam, and raisins and nuts. 
My only problem now is that he's going to want this meal every Friday nights. Hmm. I added the hmm in there, but a lovely intro. I was a little rusty there. Uh, I got a little tongue-tied, but that's okay. Um, I think this is a really cute idea. Where? Okay, so... I know a lot of us know that Jeffrey isn't around during the week. I think he teaches at Princeton, but three and a half hours away, that really is something to have a marriage that long. But I guess they probably just got used to it. He's like, this is what I have to do if you want to live in the Hamptons. It's probably probably because, you know, she opened the store and he was still teaching. So I, she couldn't go anywhere and neither could he because obviously, oh, obviously he had to go somewhere because he has to teach. I mean... The introvert in me is like loving that arrangement, but I do feel that there would be part of me that would want Jeffrey, or in this case, my Keon, around a little bit more than that. Um, so, but I guess this is this is what they had to do, and they're still doing it all these years later. So, let's talk brisket. Okay, so she opens up the butcher paper to reveal a brisket like large enough to feed all of East Hampton. It is humongous. And she says, whoa, that's a big piece of meat, but it lasts forever and you can reheat it, she assures us. Uh, So she attempts to pick it up and makes a sound that can like only be described as like a Marge Simpson squeal. I feel like if you've watched Ina over the years, sometimes she says like, literally she says, ack, she goes, ack. But it's like, you know, when she gets like high pitched, it just like doesn't sound like it should come out of her. But it sounds a little bit of Marge Simpson. Um, If you're watching this episode on Discovery Plus, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm sure most of you do. (laughs) Um, She really is having trouble like picking this thing up. Uh, But she gets it in there. She puts it in a little roast or not a little roasting pan, a big roasting pan. And she makes a rub for the top, which is lots of salt because she says it's a lot of meat and a tablespoon of garlic dried oregano i think it's garlic powder i didn't finish that sentence but i don't think it's fresh garlic because it's it's like a rub it's like all like spices and stuff so anyway uh dried oregano and pepper and then she kind of just like you know gives that a good schmear on top of the uh the brisket and then she cuts up a pound of carrots which are also humongous eight stalks of celery, six onions, and then some bay leaves for flavor. It really is simple. I mean, I feel like the brisket itself would be probably the most expensive part of the meal, but like she said, it's going to last us a while. Um, And it seems it's like a one pot sort of thing. You just, and and then ultimately she dumps um, a a can of good tomato juice. Of course it has to be the good tomato juice, Uh, just enough to cover the beef, she says. And that's really it. I mean, pretty simple. Uh, And then Ina says, pretty quick for a dinner that can feed 10 people. But tonight, it's just Jeffrey and me. And she kind of gives like a warm smile to the camera. It's very cute. So next, the rugula. And I always said rugula. But she said rugula. And um, I'm going to go with Ina on this one. So for anyone, I've actually made these before. My best friend, Nikki, Nikki Kreiner, shout out to Nikki, if you're listening. Um, she, of course, like myself, she's actually who I went to see Ina with twice. Um, I think she came the second time. Nikki, if I'm wrong, text me, but I, I feel like she came. Um, so we, every year, we go over to her house and make Christmas cookies, and it's a good time. And so, uh, and typically every year she makes the rugula. I don't, obviously last year it didn't happen because of uh, the pandemic, but 
she makes the dough so i've never seen the process of like making the dough but they i feel like they are a labor of love but they're so good and it reminded me of when i was in florida amanda if you're listening i hope you remember this place um that's amanda kaczynski i'm giving a shout out to there is a place called two jays and this is in coral springs florida and which i'd say is like just a little bit outside of fort lauderdale um and they had it's it was kind of like this jewish deli but like more of a restaurant i guess they had amazing stuffed cabbage but they also had really really good rugula and i was obsessed with it i would probably go there like every day if i did and i don't know if that was amanda i don't know if it was during the music man or the light in the piazza i, I can't remember but um ugh, i would what i would do or what i wouldn't do i guess for uh no what i would do <laughs> i had to like think about that um Basically, I'm just trying to say the stuffed cabbage is great, and I love rugula, especially from 2J's in Coral Springs, Florida. So if you're from Coral Springs, tweet me uh, and let me know, because I love that place. Okay, so she, um, what does she say? Oh, she's in the pantry for a brief second to talk about how she's going to make the rugula for dessert. It's a cream cheese dough with really good vanilla, is what she says. So she starts out with the dough in the in the standing mixer, and she... It starts out with a block of cream cheese and two sticks of butter. Yes. Uh, there's only a quarter cup of sugar, which I feel is surprising, but I don't know. Um, and then she puts in vanilla, two cups of flour. And of course, she says, once the flour is in, do not overmix it. I still don't know what that means. I know what it means, but I I think I don't bake enough to like know that balance of like incorporate I just always will feel like I'm that the flour isn't incorporated enough and then I'll overbeat it and it'll be terrible uh but the dough looks heavenly I remember when making these at Nikki's that it's like it's very light and just sort of like pillowy um also the music that is playing when she's forming the ball of dough is something that I've never heard or if I have I it's been a while it's like this it's like kind of that sort of like I don't know like Latin flair that like all of her music has but it's sort of like this uplifting music and it sort of sounds like I don't know it sounds like Mario and Luigi or maybe it's like Zelda music or something like that um but it's it's weird I I mean it was weird enough that I had to make a note about it so there's that um so she's letting the dough sort of chill out in the refrigerator for a bit and she's on to the chopped liver. Now, I, I'm i not going to throw any shade at chopped liver because I don't think I've ever had it. I don't think I've ever had pate. And Ina says, for anyone who doesn't love liver, just think of it as a French pate. <laughs> it's just that easy, everyone. Um, I would I would try it. I definitely would. I mean, it's. I feel like if you've grown up with it or if, if it's just something that you can get over, like the sight of it, I feel like it would actually be delicious. But... Again, I'm not going to knock it because I never tried it. Uh, But these livers, she fries, or not fries, but like sautés it in chicken fat. I don't know where we get chicken fat, but I'm assuming you can get it somewhere. I'm sure it's at Ina's disposal. Um, So she cooks the liver. She doesn't cook them too long because I think she said that they get like tough or dry or maybe both. Um, And then she puts in a little bit more chicken fat and then sautés some onions uh, and this is where Ina reveals that she sent Jeffrey on an errand. And she said, I wonder what he's going to come back with. So we got the Jeffrey in the car. This is one of my favorite, like, Jeffrey episodes, honestly. Um, we cut the Jeffrey in the car. He's on his way back. Um, 
from Princeton. Or is it Yale? Oh my goodness, I should probably just look it up. But, uh, you know, one of those fancy schools. And so he turns to the camera as he's in the car and he, he tells us that Ina asked him to bring back some spinach. Easy enough task. And Jeffrey says, and I know that might sound simple, but I have screwed up, screwed it up before. And then he said, I remember the time she asked me to bring a cantaloupe and I brought back another kind of melon, which is like, I think that's an honest mistake. I mean, uh, I wonder if, if it's like a cantaloupe and a watermelon, I'd be like, Jeffrey, come on here. But if it's a cantaloupe and I don't know, what's another type of melon, like a honeydew? Like, that's a pretty, I feel like they might look... They're about the same size, so I would forgive Jeffrey for that, I guess. He said, I thought it was a cantaloupe, but it was not a success. So I approached this with a little apprehension. So he pulls up to this, like, uh, store, and he says, oh, this looks like spinach. This must be the curly spinach, and this must be the baby spinach. He's like, let's get both. <laughs> so he, he, I never have heard of curly spinach, Quite honestly, like both of these, I mean, I buy just, you know, uh, the bag of spinach from like Aldi. So like we're really, we're not really aiming too high with our spinach game in this house. Um, but I feel like if I did go to like a farmer's market or something like that, like I would see something that like what Jeffrey is seeing in this case. Um, so he goes up to the cashier and she kind of confirms it for him. And I, I wrote success, but I'm not sure if that was something that he said or if I just wrote that note. Who knows? Anyway, back in the kitchen, Ina finishes up the chopped liver. So she um, she gets out the Madeira, which is a fortified wine or dessert wine. And she adds a third of a cup. She says it deglazes the pan and gets rid, uh, you know, gets all the brown yummy bits from the uh, the onions that we're sauteing. So she adds the onions to the livers and then puts in four hard-boiled eggs. Interesting. I mean, I'm down with it. Anything with an egg is going to be great. Um, she also adds some parsley, thyme, salt and pepper, and some cayenne pepper. And then she pours all of that, uh, all of it in the food processor and just gives it a whir. It's, it's, a, it's a huge bowl. Um, when, she pulls, when she pours it out of the food processor, it's like a, it was, the food processor's like, a clown car. It doesn't look like there's a lot in there, but then when you pour it out, it's a little bit more than you expect. So she says she'll chill it and check for seasoning once it's cooled. Because I think I said that in a previous episode, that if you're going to serve something cool, you should, you know, cool it off in the refrigerator and then test for seasonings. It's a hot tip there. Um, and then she said once, yeah, uh, she said she'll chill it and then check for seasoning. And once it's cooled, she'll serve it with a little matzah which sounds delicious. Uh, so Ina pulls the brisket out of the oven. She says it should be fork tender, but not falling apart. And she takes the meat out to rest for a bit. And then uh, with the remaining sauce, uh, she boils it in order for it to reduce and thicken. Delish. It looks amazing. I actually did think this was the episode where she made stuffed cabbage and I was excited. But I think that's another episode and it looks so good. I feel like she put raisins in her stuffed cabbage not like in the cabbage but I think it was like in the sauce and I love that I mean I know I'm my opinions on raisins are somewhat I don't I wouldn't say controversial but like I don't love them and everything but I would love them in stuffed cabbage I feel like that the sweetness with like the tomato sauce would be just like ugh, that sounds so good <laughs> I don't know why I gotta find that episode uh anyway 
So she is, what is she up to now? She's finishing the, I uh, see I just said rugula, rugula. Uh, so she uh, chops up some walnuts uh, and sort of makes the, like the filling for the cookie, which is a cup of walnuts, uh, some brown sugar, some regular sugar, uh, cinnamon, and three quarters of a cup of raisins. Which again, I know um, I I've I've uh, railed against raisins in the past too, but I do like them in this cookie because I do feel like you can't taste them, and I know that's like what people always say about stuff you don't like. It's like you can't even taste it. That's like what my parents and my grandma always said, and I'm like I can, but with this, it's there's so many great textures within this cookie that it just works. So trust me. Uh, so she pulls the rugula dough out of the refrigerator and she rolls it into a nine inch circle and then she a hot tip for rolling out dough is she advises us to go from the center to the outside not to necessarily go back and forth if you can help it so she spreads out she starts out by filling the cookies with some apricot jam i just said apricots usually i don't say apricot but uh we'll go with it she says don't neglect the edges and like a very seductive tone and next she cuts it like a pizza and then she rolls it up almost like a crescent roll. Oh, I guess I'm skipping I'm skipping steps here. So basically she puts that um, the filling that I talked about with the walnuts and the sugar and cinnamon and raisins. She she puts that on top of the uh, apricot jam and then rolls them up um, almost like a croissant sort of situation. Um, and then she gives it like a nice little like she like touches the edges and kind of forms it into a little bit of like a. I don't know, like a little like half moon shape. Um, and she says, it's a messy job, but worth it. And I, I will admit, like when I made them with Nikki, I was like, ugh, this is such a, I feel like the best kind of cookies or even the best kind of foods are the ones that like, it takes time, but like, it's, they're so good. It just sucks because like, <laughs> these things go so quickly, in my opinion. Like if I ever made these, they would be gone. Like in a, I can eat like 500 of these. So it's like when you make something I'm trying to think of like another little thing uh but I can't think of anything anyway so next we cut to Ina spooning the pate into a silver bowl and Jeffrey arrives holding the two bags of spinach like he looks like the scales of justice so he's just like holding them out um so he spots the chopped liver and says what's that I don't I don't want the spinach I want that the way he says it he sounds like a little kid it was it was cute um, and Ina gives him a very stern look and asks him, why did you buy two kinds of spinach? It's like those moments where like, <laughs> she like forgets she's on TV and she's like kind of annoyed, but like, also it's like, she's kind of laughing at the same time. But, um, yeah. So she says, or he says, um, he explains that he didn't want to get it wrong. So he bought two bags and Ina said, as opposed to the time that you went out for a lemon and came back with a grapefruit. And then she like, she kind of like gives him like a side hug, but it's like almost a noogie. It was really funny. I mean, that's, that's a little bit more of like, I was talking before about like the lemons, if he got like, or not the lemons, the, uh, the melons, if he got like a grapefruit and a honey or, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, a honeydew and a cantaloupe confused that that might be. A little bit more of you know acceptable but a lemon and a grapefruit that's that's a big miss there Jeffrey but you know it's all good uh, so Jeffrey and her taste the chopped liver and Ina says I hope that it's as good as your grandmother's which I thought was really cute um, and Jeffrey so Jeffrey just basically like takes the uh, 
<laughs> chopped liver and like scurries off with like a fresh matzo cracker and uh, and Ina says, it's like almost to herself. She's like, I'm so glad that you're home. Too cute. It's really, it's really sweet. The way, cause like he's kind of already out of the frame and she's kind of just like calling to him down the hall. She's like, I'm so glad you're home. It was, um, it was really precious. So next, Ina makes an egg wash for the rugula and also, I think she, it's three tablespoons of sugar and a teaspoon of cinnamon. It just has a little like sprinkle on top of that as well. There's a lot of love that goes into the rugula. And then she throws them into an oven for 15 to 20 minutes at 350. Um, and now it's time to eat. Uh, so Ina slices, I wrote in my notes, she dices the brisket. I don't know why I wrote that. Um, it looks amazing. The The meat is like perfect. She spoons some of the, like, the sauce that's reduced and the carrots and the onions and celery are just like, ugh, it's heaven. It looks so good. And uh, she does make the the sautéed spinach with garlic, which is such a quick little um, thing here. It's like, it's just olive oil and a little bit of butter. And then she adds some, um, I wrote tossed garlic in my notes. I don't know where I was when I was typing this up. I... But she puts some garlic. Maybe I was trying to write. She tosses some garlic in it. Who knows? Um, and then she removes all of her spinach, Jeffrey's spinach, from the salad spinner. I think salad spinners are horseshit. <laughs> I think I've said that before. I just, like, I understand them on paper. But, like, if you rinse the salad in a colander and just let it dry for five minutes, like, is that... What are we trying to avoid or what are, what is what are we trying to accomplish by using a salad spinner? Are we just trying to make the leaves dry so we can put more dressing on them? Or I, I don't know. Someone explained salad spinners to me because I just don't get it. I don't own one. I think they're silly. Um, okay, so she's getting the spinach out of the salad spinner and then she eats like the like the biggest leaf of spinach I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know about y'all, but like spinach on its own it's just like I love a good spinach salad but like never by itself with like nothing on it it's just like it's fine um but you know she wanted to try it so she puts all of the spinach in the saute pan and puts the lid on it and um then a couple minutes later she comes back and she's like oh my gosh there's nothing left <laughs> and she laughs to herself uh, she pours it into a bowl and sprinkles a little lemon juice on it, which I love because lemon and garlic are like, uh, two of my favorites combined together too. This would be great with like some pasta, to be honest, just like throw that in there. Um, and then she puts on her like best 1950s housewife voice and she says, sweetie, dinner's ready down the hall. <laughs> and then she like turns and smiles at the camera, but like doesn't stop at the camera. She just kind of like keep keeps on going it's a small little nuance that just made me chuckle a little bit um so jeffrey and ina are seated at the dinner table the table is adorned with you know beautiful orange and yellow it's like an orange yellowish tulip there's a bottle of wine there a gorgeous loaf of challah bread oh i love challah it's it is the superior bread for french toast because it's such an eggy bread to begin with so yeah, nothing else compares. So it's got to be hollow. 
Um, so she says to Jeffrey, she says, welcome home, sweetie. I want to make sure that you're always happy to come home on Friday night, <laughs> which is very, very sweet. It is like in that sort of 1950s vein of just like, I've made you this dinner. Uh, but I, I think by now, at least from the beginning of the episode, I don't think she does this for Jeffrey every Friday, but it is nice to sort of like, you know, treat your partner or significant other to like a, a home cooked meal like this too it's it's very special and uh to that jeffrey says you're doing a great job <laughs> like you know i don't know why that made me laugh it was just like okay jeffrey uh so ina serves him some briskets and jeffrey helps himself to some spinach the spinach he bought by the way uh he says how did i do and ina says it's perfect spinach and he delivers, you know, his classic Jeffrey line. He's like, you know, this may be the best brisket I ever had. And Ina laughs. And then we get some B-roll of, ugh, like, it's just every time I see coffee being poured and I know dessert's on the way, I'm just in heaven, really. So two cups of coffee are being poured. And then she brings out the rugula and it looks so good. Um, and Ina says, are they better than your grandmother's? And Jeffrey says, you know, I love my grandmother, but these are a lot better. And Ina laughs and says, I'm so glad, which is very sweet. But, uh, you know, throwing shade to Jeffrey's grandma there. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. Um, a great episode. I'm really in the mood for Ruggler right now. I wonder if I can, like, find them anywhere. I'm sure there's, like, some sort of uh, Jewish bakery slash deli that I could get my, whole, my hands on some in Pittsburgh. But I'm really craving it. I'm really craving stuffed cabbage now. And with the raisins, which I've never tried, but I feel like it's going to be great. Oh, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at GoodVanillaPod. And you can also send me an email at GoodVanillaPod at gmail.com. Also, I made a Facebook group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. <laughs> and it's very easy to find. Just type in The Good Vanilla. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov, and you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.